I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. At what time will we be spellcasting? Hello, witches, and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we chat about witchcraft in the modern era. My name is Rian Lockard, and I'm the head witch over here at Moonstone Witchery. Thank you for listening. I am a little bit behind on putting out a new episode for everybody, and that is because of all of the worldwide situation that's unfolding with the pandemic from the COVID-19 coronavirus. Um, I wanted to to dedicate and devote this episode to chatting about that, actually. And then I'm going to follow up with you with my promised episode about protection. So you'll find that next. I'm going to release them both at the same time. But I thought that it is very important and critical that we discuss what's happening with this pandemic because um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot happening. And from a philosophical, spiritual, and magical point of view, um, there's also a lot happening. And there are ways that you can anchor in and <clears throat> maybe feel like you can regain a little bit of your footing. So I was hoping to offer that in this episode. If discussing this pandemic is triggering to you, please feel free to skip this episode. We do not want anyone spiraling further into any kind of anxiety or stress spiral. However, I do want to say that my intention with creating this episode and discussing what's happening on the world stage right now is to offer an opportunity to you to maybe see things a little bit differently and to have a platform upon which you can, I don't know, look at the situation and say to yourself, What's in this that I can work with? So that's my intention behind recording an episode around this topic. And if that sounds like it might be supportive than you, then dive right in with me and let's let's chat. We're living in this interesting era in history in which we are told that in order to be productive or in order to have value, we must we must produce, we must do, we must have something to show for ourselves, we must be busy. And We are on the go all the time. Or if we're not on the go, we're feeling bad that we're not on the go. Um, Or we're feeling like, what is my life's purpose? And we think that our life's purpose is going to be wrapped up in some bow or handed to us (laughs) with an emblem from a college that says, you know, you have this degree. Or maybe we think our life's purpose will be measurable by some salary we receive or, you know, a title that is bestowed upon us by our boss at a company or something along those lines. And now I don't want to diminish those achievements because those are achievements. I don't want to say that 
if you have strived hard to earn your PhD, like that's pointless because it's absolutely not like, oh my God, that's amazing. But what I do want to say is that this culture and the way that we as humanity are showing up right now is very driven um, through external reinforcement and these external markings of success. And I guess it's kind of always been that way. I mean, maybe fundamentally, any living creature is is kind of measuring its success through some type of external display. Um, I've been watching a lot of those like you know, planet Earth style shows on Netflix. And it's like you look at a peacock and it looks so beautiful. And it's like, well, that's an external marker of success, right? Um, He's trying to attract all the lady peacocks to him. And so I'm not I'm not putting it down. I'm not saying if you are successful, you miss the point because that's not true. A lot of times we find success when we are living our purpose. So please don't misunderstand. I'm not trash talking anybody who is out there earning a degree or out there working hard or anything like that. What I'm always going to drive it back to, though, is, well, what is your intention and what is the place from which it comes from? So how on earth does this relate to this like epidemic or pandemic that's like sweeping the world? Hang in there with me because I promise that it does. What I'm really saying is, This pandemic has kind of like hustled us all back inside. It's kind of said to us, shh, sit still and be quiet and breathe and look at yourself. It's kind of forcing us to have a moment in which we are not distracted by this hustle and bustle life that we have all kind of opted into. And it's not fair to say we've opted into it because it's not like we're really given much of a choice. I mean, yes, we could all try to go off grid or be very counterculturalist, but that's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is this situation that's unfolding is forcing us to go within And interestingly, it's doing it and we're going in in fear. Now, I don't know about you, but this is like a huge metaphor, in my opinion, for spiritual work. Going within is always terrifying. Looking to yourself is always scary. When you are forced to sit with yourself in any capacity, whether it's therapeutic or spiritual or just out of actual isolation, it's frightening. A lot of what we do with our lives when we are not on a path of self-healing or self-work is to avoid this very thing. It's to avoid sitting with ourselves and finding out who's there. And yet here we are being literally told by the world, go into your home. Now, something that spiritual practitioners often know and psychics and intuitives and and all of, you know, us type of wooey people out here, something we know is that the home is a metaphor for the self. If you dream of the home or if something happens within your home, it is a metaphor. It is a symbol of yourself. And this is where the properties and the premises of Feng Shui come from in a way, um, because Where you place things in your home will enhance those things in your life because the home is like a container of you. 
your home holds you and holds the essence of you. It holds the essence of your family. And this is why the space in which you live matters so much. Now that said, when we are asked to go into our homes and to stay there and to not go out unless we absolutely must, we are really being asked to go within ourselves and to sit with ourselves and to see what we have happening there and to not stop doing that unless we absolutely must. And isn't that kind of amazing? And isn't it also kind of terrifying? And isn't it kind of liberating? And isn't it also kind of like absolutely paralyzing? See, we're having a real huge dose of duality. Duality is like showing up in spades right now. Fear versus the almost pleasure in being told you're not allowed to go anywhere. You need to just stay put. How many of you have said, God, I just wish I could have a break for like a minute. And then it's like, here's the break. It showed up for you. And we all want to be like, that's not what I meant. (laughs) And yet here we are. Much of my work with my clients in my private practice for coaching, life coaching, is all about accepting reality. This sounds so weird probably, right? But a lot of us are not actually existing in real reality. We're existing in realities in which somebody in our life should be acting a different way to us or our life should look like this or that or something in the past shouldn't have happened. But if we actually look at reality, the person in our life is acting like that to us. The people in our life are behaving the way they are. The past did happen the way that it did. And when we can accept reality, we're free. Because once we can accept reality, we're free to like work with it. If you're not actually touching the clay, you're not actually making a sculpture. And so we're here in reality, in our homes, with ourselves, and probably our family and our friends or our roommates or our partners, children, loved ones, pets. We're here. And we are being told, stay, stay here, stay here and manage it, stay here and work through it because you have to. Life on the whole is dependent upon you staying here with yourself. If that's not profound, I really don't know what is. Life on the whole is dependent upon you staying in your home, which is a metaphor for yourself, and just seeing what's there. Life on the whole is dependent upon you looking within yourself. And when something comes up, you don't distract yourself away from it, but perhaps you deal with it. Or perhaps you say to yourself, what's at the root of this? Why am I feeling this way? What is feeling is this and how can I manage it and how can I manage it in a healthy way and how can I manage it for the highest good of myself and those who are here with me these are like the questions of life these are like the big moments that sometimes we drag ourselves to if we're living a very busy life and we're in the midst of it but usually we can just stay so busy if we choose to, that we don't ever look to these things. We don't ever have these deep conversations with ourselves. 
And I know there's people quarantined right now who are still not having these conversations with themselves, and that's okay. But what an opportunity you're being given to actually do it in this moment. And along with that, there's the duality again of how sad of a situation it is that is causing this to happen. And yet, almost all self-reflection, almost all self-work is predicated by tragedy, pain, trauma, loss, hardship, abuse. We are always driven within because of an external situation that has unfolded that has caused harm or pain or sadness, grief, loss. This is no different. We are always driven to change because of an external situation that is wreaking chaos upon the world, our world, our personal world, the world on the whole. There's no difference. It's all one and the same. Right now, the whole world on the whole is going through trauma. It's having a very painful experience. Just like each of you has gone through trauma and has had a very painful experience. And we're being told, go within, go inside. Go inside and stay there as we process what's happening. What do you do when you're asked to go inside, when you're asked to be with yourself, when you're asked to look within? What happens for you in those moments? Do you run? Do you face it? When a child is afraid of the dark and they say, there's something in my closet, I'm scared. They can stay shaking in their beds. They can sit up in the darkness and try to stare into the closet to see what is that. Their minds can expand upon it and make it this big, monstrous creature that means them harm. This is what we can do when we're looking into ourselves. But do you know the cure for that child in that moment? The cure is the light. When you turn on the light, the child sees there's nothing there but my coat, my shoes, maybe a hat that's tilted a certain way. There's nothing there that means me harm, but I was in such a state of chaos because I was so afraid to look. This is what self-work can feel like. We know there are things within us that we are afraid of, and we can allow ourselves to sit in the dark knowing and being paralyzed, afraid to look, or we can choose when we're being forced inward to turn on the light and just see what we're dealing with. The sages and the prophets and the intuitives and the spirit workers have been saying for a long time that humanity is due for a level up, that that leveling up is coming. All of the great thinkers and seers and philosophers and spiritualists of our era have known that we are here in this time period because it is time for a change. Many of us have been brought here to help bring about that change. Nothing brings about change faster than 
large-scale mass experiences. The entire world being asked to sit at home in self-reflection is a large-scale experience. And it has the capacity to level up humanity in ways that I don't think are precedented. It has the capacity to advance us so quickly and so beautifully. And yes, the roots of it are in pain and tragedy and loss and fear. But the roots of all transition are in those essences and thus is the duality of life on earth you cannot get away from the duality if you exist in this tangible reality because to exist means that at one point you will cease to exist our very existence is anchored in the concept of duality and so what i want you to know is that while there is this terrifying circumstance happening out in the world, there is also this beautiful opportunity to do some self-work, to anchor into your version of spirituality, to anchor into your version of getting in touch with who you truly are, to anchor into your version of connection to the divine, whatever that might be. Not to preach it to others, not to do anything with it, but simply to be with yourself in all of your beautiful and essential, just gloriousness. This is how the world can transform. And haven't we all been asking for a transformation to happen? I know that me and the people whom I know in my circles, my inner circles, the close people to me, have been saying, what is happening in the world? Even before this, way before this, for the past couple years, we've been saying, what on earth is happening? And a lot of us have received guidance that says, this is the end of one era. And when something ends, it fights like heck to stay alive. So we're watching an old era as it has fought and fought to stay alive, but the new era has been saying, absolutely not, there's no room for you here anymore. And we have been watching this battle unfold on the world stage. And it has caused so much stress and pain and heartache, but it's lit a fire as well. There's that duality again. And now... We're being given the opportunity to self-reflect. We're being given the opportunity to ask ourselves, what matters the most to me? One thing that's interesting that this brings up for us is that we are being forced to face our own mortality. For many people who are especially those who are younger, we haven't really had to think about that too much. Now, I've always been someone who's had sort of like that dark humor or that side of me that's always been um, more like just in that vein of of thinking about things in a more, I don't know, I guess I want to say darker capacity. I've always been a, have a heightened awareness around 
my own mortality. But I know there's a lot of people out there who just don't really go there. That's valid. I get it. There's many times I wish that I wasn't like going there myself. But now we kind of can't help it, right? Because out in the world, our mortality is floating around and we're supposed to stay six feet away from it at all times. We're supposed to wash it from our hands as much as we can. We're supposed to hand sanitize our mortality away from us frantically. We're supposed to monitor ourselves for symptoms of our mortality. And we're doing it. And in doing so, we get to say to ourselves, if we're brave enough to, am I the person that I want to be? Is this the life that I want to be having? And by that, I don't mean those external measurements. I mean, if that's helpful to you, that's fine. But I want to, I want to distill it down to the essence of that question. Is this the life I want to have is really about like, am I the person who I truly am? Do I act like my truest self? Do I allow myself to be my truest self? That's the actual question, isn't it? Am I the friend I want to be? Am I the daughter or son that I want to be? Am I the sibling that I want to be? Am I the partner that I want to be? Am I the parent that I want to be? Am I who I want to be towards myself? Am I like showing up to myself how I wish that others would show up to me? Our mortality forces us to say that to ourselves, or it could if we're brave. The interesting thing and the duality duality of that, excuse my slipping on my words, the duality that shows up there for us is that we're all facing our mortality right now. Every single one of us. And I want to say that there are people out there who are resentful because they've always been feeling this way because they have some kind of disease that they have been living with their whole life or pre-existing condition that they are dealing with. And for them, this is extra hard because it's finally like a breath of validation for themselves because the whole world is joining in. And yet they're saying to themselves, where has this been my whole life? But interestingly enough, we're all getting a taste of that. And that can increase our compassion for literally everybody else on this planet if we allow it to. Never before has humanity faced its own mortality in such an interconnected way. There have been plagues and epidemics before, of course, but we are also interconnected during all of this. We are isolated in our homes, but we are connected to literally everybody on the planet through access to the internet. It's an amazing kind of thing. Terrifying and amazing. We are facing our mortality, which is the most personal and singular thing that we can ever face, our own death. And we are doing it all together at one time. It's astonishing. It's amazing. And it has the opportunity to bring so much positive change to us if we allow it to. It has the opportunity to bridge so many gaps if we allow it to. It has the opportunity 
for us to sever ties with people who are toxic that don't need to be a part of our lives anymore if we allow it to. There are many kinds of death, and not all of them are bad. That's another truth that lives in duality. And so what I want for us to do is to reclaim our power. It's so easy to let fear drive you into a space and keep you there. And then you're trapped and you're trembling and you're terrified of the air and the mail that's coming to your home or you're terrified if somebody touches a doorknob, you're terrified about having to drive anywhere. You can get so paralyzed by fear. Or you can flip your script and you can become empowered by these opportunities. One of my favorite sentences that my guides give me is, what if this situation that you're facing right now isn't happening to you, but instead it's happening for you? Now we have to be careful with this sentence because if somebody has been traumatized, abused, raped, anything like that, that's not something that's happening for you. And I want to be very clear on that. But when you are facing situations that are inconvenient or challenging or stressful in your life, something gets canceled at the last minute or a change is made that was not according to plan or someone has said something to you and it's changed your whole perspective on something and you don't like that, my guides like to whisper, what if that's happening for you? My girlfriend and I like to go do salt floats. Um, they're like these things where you go sit in a tub or a bath um, and it's it's highly saturated salt water. So you're floating. It's like you're weightless. We like to do these on the full moon or around the full moon to cleanse our energy. And this past month we couldn't go because um, she was sick. And so we had to reschedule. And then once we rescheduled, the pandemic happened and we weren't able to attend it. And my guides whispered to me the other day, you know that happened for you, right? Who knows what germs were lurking at that venue? We must assume that the universe is either on our side or working against us. I mean, the answer is truly in the gray zone in between, but it's easier when you're learning to change your point of view about something to pick an extreme, and then you can go ahead and step it back into a more lukewarm kind of area. But if you're feeling like this is all happening to you, and you're terrified, and you're paralyzed by fear, and it's all coming down upon you, I'd like to say to you, what if this is for you in some way? Even if it's just to give you the opportunity to connect with the very people who live in your house that you might not even know that well. Or what if it's an opportunity for you to get to know yourself better? Or what if it's an opportunity for you to learn something or to rest for once in your life? There is so much benefit in rest. What if this is happening for you somehow? Because the truth is, because of duality, there's always both. It's always happening to you and for you. There's always both going on. How can you see the places in which this is a for you situation? What would you do with it? 
if you knew it was all going to be okay? How would you spend this time, this sacred time alone with yourself in your home? What would you do? Can you start? I'm encouraging a lot of my clients and students to practice their witchcraft. I'm encouraging a lot of my clients and students to get really involved and active with their spirituality. Witchcraft is called a craft for a reason. It's because it's something you do. It's hands-on. I can't think of a better time than now than to anchor into up-leveling your spiritual practice. You can rest. You can meditate. You can read and study. You can practice your magic. You can set up altars in your home. You can purge yourself of items that no longer are relevant to the person who you are and the person who you are becoming. You can stop hanging on to old stories and start writing new ones for yourself. How can you anchor in into your spiritual self, into your soul, into your truest essence? How can you begin to practice what you want to live? What if the chance is right here for you to start to do that? Can you set a spell designed to send healing love and light out to the whole world? Is that a good place to start? I think so. Take a candle, hold it in your hand, infuse the energy of the world into that candle, shut your eyes and put all of that energy into it, bless it, and then write on that candle, the world is encircled with love and health and goodness and beauty. I bless the world with love and healing and health, and beauty, and goodness. Write whatever words you want. Send the world what you think it needs right now. And light your candle for the world. Fundamentally, that's, that's beautiful, that's perfect, that's enough. Light your candle for the world. Light your candle for yourself. Light your candle for your own world. And anchor into discovering and connecting to your truest self and who you are. Discovering and connecting to the truest selves of the people who are important in your life. And ask yourself, what kind of energy do I wish to put out there? If I was safe to show up in any way, how would I show up? Fundamentally, every one of us has the same answer to that question. If we knew we were safe, we would show up as pure love to each other in all ways, always. Can you practice figuring out how to get to that point? Because that, I think, is the blessing in this. And so I hope and I pray and I, and I send love towards the idea that we can all find a way to connect to that light within us and when we are allowed to emerge from this, that we emerge from that place of shining our light brighter and knowing how to see the light that's shining in others easier. I'm sending blessings to each of you as we get through this. I'm sending you love. And I'm here if anyone wishes to connect to me. 
You can always find me on Instagram at moonstone underscore witchery or over on my website, moonstonewitchery.com. I love you all and thank you for listening. Please feel free to share this if it resonated with you and please feel free to subscribe. If you let me know over on the Instagram page that you subscribed, I'll give you a follow back. Love and blessings and stay safe out there.